Leadership File on Premier. This is the Leadership File, bringing you conversations with leaders and experts on leadership themes. I'm Andy Peck, your host, and whether you're listening live or one of the many thousands who listen via podcast, it's great to have you along. The headline, Rags to Riches, has become something of a cliche as a journalist seeks language to describe someone who has made good after a tough start. But it really is an apt description of my guest today, who has outlined his astonishing life story in his book, Against All Odds, subtitled The Remarkable True Story of a Street Kid Who Became a Millionaire. His name is Jeff Letts. He's the CEO of Genistar, a UK-based financial education and services firm. Regular listeners will remember him as someone able to help us navigate money management in a God-honouring way. He's also the Director of Stewardship and on the board of Directors for London Hillsong. So, Jeff, welcome to the Leadership File. Great to have you back. Thank you, Andy. Good to be with you again. Uh, now, uh, Jeff asked me to read the book, and I promised to do so, providing I could be honest with my feedback. But thankfully, I was able to be positive uh, and endorse the book. So very much congratulations on the book, Jeff. Well, thank you, Andy. Uh, thank you for the endorsement and also for the interview today. Well, I'm, I'm hoping we can look at uh, many of the leadership lessons that you bring out uh, from the book. And indeed, there's the end of every chapter is a little, uh, kind of a pointer to some of the things you might pick up as you go. But I guess the first one has got to be not to assume that a challenging start means you're destined for an unpleasant life. Because you left home, you're on the streets of Chicago in your mid-teens. I don't want to ask you to just um, unpack all your story, but but that was a you know, that's the tough start that uh, the book outlines. Yeah, absolutely. I was orphaned at age eight and then in and out of foster care and orphanages and uh, institutions and then ran away when I was 13 and lived down the streets until I was 15. Yeah, it's astonishing. Um, so your kind of life transitioned in part through an unexpected meeting with Christians. And it'd be lovely just to at the very start, share a little bit of your your conversion story. Yeah, well, you know, Andy, I was born and raised in a Jewish family. And while I was living out on the streets after almost two years, I just cried out to God. And I said, God, if you're really real, if you're really the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I learned about in Hebrew school, please help me get my life straightened out. I was on drugs and living on the streets and just a very messed up life with no direction. And a few weeks later, I hitchhiked to see some friends of mine 400 miles away from Chicago. They had moved there about a year earlier and started a hippie commune. And all four of these young men were all Jewish. And when I walked in on them one night in their little, at the, at the hippie commune, they were sitting in a circle, reading some books, eating some popcorn and after we exchanged greetings, they invited me to sit down with them. I said, yeah, what are you doing? And they said, well, we're having a Bible study. And I actually said, what have you guys been smoking this time? I, I thought they were all stark raving mad. And they just kept sharing with me that week the love of God and that God had a plan for my life. And one of them invited me to church, who had never been to a church before, 
other than Jewish synagogue. And I think once as a kid, I'd went to a Catholic church with some friends. And uh, that night I got saved uh, just a few months before I turned 15 years old. Wonderful, wonderful to hear. It wasn't just a meeting with, with Christians that, uh, in terms of your conversion, but it was early doors that there was someone who took you under their wing. And I think that was quite a key part of your story, wasn't it? Yes. One of the, one of the young hippie guys, he became my foster father. He was 21. And then the pastor of the church, both of these men really began to mentor me and just really took me under their wings. And even uh, all the teachers at the school and kind of the whole community, it was a small village, less than a thousand people. And they all knew about the hippies. Um, and so it was, a, it was an incredible experience to go from living in a major metropolitan city to a rural area and people accepting you and taking you in. So yeah, it was, it was quite a life-changing experience, both spiritually as well as kind of gave me an opportunity to reconnect to my youth, you know, that I, I sort of missed living on the streets. Would you say, Jeff, that your, your kind of leadership capacity, your entrepreneurial instincts were kind of birthed through the, through the hardship of having to lead yourself? Because clearly you, you're, you're uncomfortable where you were in the foster home. You, you, you took those decisions to move and to, to move on. Do you think that's where the leadership was birthed or was it more having come to faith and, and, and sensing how God was moving in your life? It's, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I think I definitely had to have some grit living on the streets, surviving. But when I came to faith, it took on a whole new meaning, having grit. And one of my favorite scriptures is, I could do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Whereas before, I was just trying to do it through myself. Yeah. And whether key things that you learned to your, your foster father that um, you think prepared you for your kind of entrepreneurial outlook that, so, that soon came, you know, when you started work? I think one of the biggest things was, you know, he received uh, welfare benefits payment for me as an orphan. And then my father was a, uh, a veteran. So he received I don't know what it was back then, $150 a month. And then I, was, I would receive, as I went to university, some additional help, you know, income while I went to uni. But I remember him telling me, he said, Jeff, you know, benefits and welfare are to help people that can't help themselves, not won't help themselves. So don't look at benefits and welfare as something that's a, alternate source of income, look at it as something to help you to get on your feet so you can become a contributor to society. And I think he just implanted in me that, you know, be, be a go-getter and be ambitious and, you know, pray, pray like everything depends on God, but work like everything depends on you. And it's amazing what that partnership can do. And I, I love the story of, um, the early days when you you know you, you went into sales early on and and initially you had a few kind of kickbacks and you know lest lest anyone thinks that your story is 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 a kind of a graph upwards you had some ups and downs didn't you 
Absolutely. Yeah, I always, I always have <laughs> some of our people in our current organization, they say, hey, Jeff, in your early days, especially, did you ever feel like quitting? And I always say, uh, oh, two or three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was tough, you know, being an entrepreneur and being in sales and dealing with people. I mean, it's just it's a tough business, you know, whether it's in ministry or, you know, people are people. And it's it was definitely a learning curve. And I was I was only 19 when I went into the financial services business and looked 19. So, you know, I was dealing with people that typically were old enough to be my parents. I think it'd be quite useful for, for us to explore your capacity, uh, what you learned about starting off conversations, not least, of course, because, you know, for many Christian leaders, Christian pastors particularly, often are quite, are quite introverted, actually, uh, in their outlook and, and find the whole business of connecting not easy. And um, you've got this little uh, acronym form, which you use, you know, suggesting you can start conversations with anyone. Well, you know, I remember my my pastor, my foster father, when I was 16, 15, 16, gave me a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which really is just all about, it's not manipulating people, it's just being interested in people and finding out more about them. And then when I got into sales and leadership, I learned this little formula called FORM, F-O-R-M, and that was to start a conversation about their family, uh, about their occupation, recreation, you know, do they like football, who's their favorite team, and then to move into the message at that point. Um, and I think what happens many times is people, whether it's in ministry or whether it's in business, we we put the M up front. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people try to witness to people and they're like right in your face. And I always say, you know, before you give a message, make a friend. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And uh, in business, you know, I've been able to, to lead thousands of people to the Lord and yet, I don't think I've ever been pushy about it. I've just loved him. And I believe that's how Jesus was, is, you know, he hung out with people that weren't believers. And that was one of his biggest criticisms was he hung out with non-believers. And, you know, I think just being genuinely interested in people and starting up a conversation, and it's amazing how when you get people to talk about themselves, uh, everybody likes talking about themselves. Indeed they do. You're listening to The Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Jeff Letts. He's the CEO of Genistar UK, but we're talking particularly about uh, his book, Against All Odds. We'll be back just after this. Well, welcome back to The Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Jeff Letts. He's the CEO of Genistar UK. Genistar, uh, a UK-based financial education services firm, but he's um, particularly talking about his book Against All Odds, which is subtitled The Remar Remarkable True Story of a Street Kid Who Became a Millionaire. We're talking a little bit before the break of how he uh, came to faith. Um, how he was on, on the streets of Chicago, eventually came across some Christians having a Bible study, came to faith in Jesus, and was uh, kind of mentored and enabled eventually to get involved in the financial services industry. And in this part, Jeff, let's just unpack a little bit about some of your, uh, some of the entrepreneurial lessons that you learned as you um, 
as you as you got into leadership. I recall that within the book the the conversation you had with Bob as you came to the UK um, to start Genistar and knew absolutely nobody, and he offered you the opportunity to be mentored towards uh, starting off a business. Can you perhaps outline that for us? Yes. Yeah, so when I moved to the United Kingdom in 2003, I already had a business in the US. I was already doing well financially, had good background. But the guy, I was in Chicago in St. Louis, and he was on the East Coast. Um, and his name was Bob Safford Sr., an incredible guy, one of the top guys in, in the US company uh, called Primerica. And he moved to the UK along you know, with, with me. And I just went to him and I said, listen, Bob, you're, you're making a lot more money than I am and you have a lot bigger team and more success. I would love to get to where you are. And so here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to check my ego in at the immigration office when I came in to the country and I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And then if I fail, it's your fault. <laughs> and he, he was a great coach and uh, very patient, loved to empower others. And he was, he was a rags to riches story also. Uh, didn't have as rough of an upbringing as me, but certainly started out with nothing, single parent family. And, you know, he'd done very, very well for himself. And I just, you know, was a big believer in if you want to do something, and this is good advice for all entrepreneurs, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever field, find an expert in that field and do exactly what they tell you to do. But I think the point that you've just made, Jeff, is check your ego in. Mm. That's, um, that, that's the tough bit, isn't it? Is that we all like to think we could figure it out or that we have our ideas. We want to be competitive rather than be a learner. Um, and that's, yeah. that's the sadness. Yeah, but, you know, like your your whole, uh, all of your podcasts and things about leadership, you know, I, I really believe this, Andy, that in order to be a good leader, first you need to be a good follower. Yeah. And I was already a leader in my own right, but I knew that I needed to take it to a new level. And I was willing and, like you say, humble enough. Um and those few years that I spent with them were just incredible. They really were sort of the, the finishing school to become the CEO of a company. And I'm very, you know, grateful. He's, he's passed away since then, but you know, I'm very grateful to him and really loads of other mentors that have helped me through the years. One of the things I liked about the book is, is that you tell the story with without any self-pity in it so this you know it is it's heart-wrenching at times and knowing you as i did i you know it moved me but but it wasn't didn't move me in a you know you're always you're cheerful as you tell the story you know there's a very positively told story which is lovely but if i can ask a kind of slightly psychological question mm. it's it's one of the one of the things that holds so many back who've had a rough start is that when success comes their way they struggle with it because they think I, I really don't deserve this. And that's even even the case with Christians. And I just wonder whether there was any of those moments of thinking comes I could sabotage the success because this is this is me that I'm talking about. 
maybe maybe you never had that, those kind of doubts, but I'd be, just be interested in your insights into that kind of era. No, absolutely, Andy, and I, yeah. I, I really go back to the scriptures and really back to my faith, which is I know that I don't deserve success, just like I don't deserve grace. Mm. But I also really connected when I became a believer and I began to understand that, you know, because I never really had a father. My father took his own life when, he, when I was five, so I didn't really know what it was to have a real dad. And when I became a believer, it was like, you mean there's a God in heaven, there's a, a Father in heaven that really wants me to do well? And so I really went to the scriptures, and scriptures like, don't lean to your own understanding, but do it God's way. Uh, you know, in, in the book of Jeremiah, where the scripture says, I have a plan for you, and it's for good, not for evil. And I just began to really develop uh, the, these three words, and I think it starts with gratitude, which affects your attitude, which affects your altitude. Right. And so I just began to really develop this spirit of gratitude for what, what had happened to me in my life, the fact that God had saved me off the streets, out of drugs, out of... I mean, you know, out of out of a mental institution as a teenager, you know, they put me in there for trying to commit suicide. I mean, really, my my life was hell. And all of a sudden, I become a believer. It's like right now, here we are, we're doing this recording in the middle of this pandemic. And every day I wake up and I'm I'm so grateful for the fact that I live in a wonderful country like the United Kingdom. Um, you know, we have opportunity here. Sure, things are tough, but boy, if you if you really want to take a look at someone else that has a tough story, you know, I have some friends in India that's a pastor over there on the streets of Bombay, and, you know, they, which I think is called Mumbai now, and you know, they're, they're feeding kids that literally they have to go out to the to the city dump to be able to to get plastic or whatever it is that they get to be able to sell to eat today and they don't have social distancing so one of my favorite statements is uh, i i felt sorry because i had no shoes until i saw someone that had no feet and and we really have so much to be grateful for sure i could have been bitter about my relatives, you know, I've got a whole chapter in there about forgiveness. Uh, one, one of the quotes I have in the book, which is, uh, bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Yeah, yeah. And so I just realized that, that it was up to me and that God had forgiven me of my sins, had accepted me just as I am. And if God could do that for me, who was I to hold a grudge against people that might have, could have helped me, life could have been better? Um, you know, by the same token, I'm human. And sure, there's times where you kind of go, oh, you know, I got it so tough. But then I have to remind myself <laughs> that I've been saved by God's grace. Um, I, I don't really know, Andy, how people get through life 
without faith in God. I really don't. Um, you know, through this whole pandemic, I just keep reminding myself, God's in control. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the lesson that he's wanting to teach us all through this, is he really is in control, not us. Just as we close, Jeff, I mentioned that, you know, you're a street cutie became a millionaire. And of course, there are some, you'll, you'll have known Christians who, for whom that is an issue, <laughs> earning so much money. And, and sometimes there's a, a kind of a, um, a jealousy about it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's worth saying, you know, you've written a book called True Riches, where you, you, you talk about your understanding of, of where true riches are. And also, tithing has been a principle for you that you'd advocate and teach. Absolutely. Yeah. And that and in, in True Riches, I share having to overcome this poverty mentality. You know, people say, are, are you a prosperity teacher? Well, I'm not a poverty teacher, that's for sure. <laughs> but I, I'm not one of these people that believe in name it and claim it or blab it and grab it. You know, you, you got to put some work to it. But I do believe that God wants to bless us so that we can become a blessing to other people. And the thing that drives me is not the accumulation of more money. I mean, it, it's wonderful being financially independent. But what drives me is, is to have a kingdom heart. I see so many needs around the globe. Just here in the UK, there's 180,000 charities, registered charities, that could all use our help. And one person can't do it all. But imagine everybody being blessed and being in a position where you're living from overflow, the top of the barrel, instead of the bottom of the barrel. Well, Jeff, it's, it's sadly times, times defeated us, but it's enough time just to, to mention again, the book is Against All Odds, the remarkable true story of a street kid who became a millionaire. It's by Jeff Letts. The spelling of Letts is L-E-S-T-Z or Z, if you're across your side of the pond. Um, and it's published by, and I'm just going to get the publisher, is Boo, Boo Tickety Publishing London. There we go. How could people get a copy? Go to, go to your website. Would that be the best place, or is there somewhere else to go? The, the best place for a single copy would be Amazon. It's, just, it's quicker, it's easier, just okay. in these times of lockdown and things. Sure. Um, and if they want them in bulk order, then our office does them. Fabulous. Good. Well, terrific to hear your story, Jeff. Um, I knew it, of course, but I'm sure listeners are going to be just, just thrilled to hear how God has turned things around for you. And uh, bless you for sharing it. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. And I, and I hope that all of your listen, listeners are encouraged in these tough times. Against all odds, God Indeed. will come through. He is faithful. Indeed. Amen. So this is Andy Peck. Thank you for joining us. Uh, do check out the podcast online on Premier Radio via iTunes or Podbean or Spotify or wherever. Uh, and may God help you as you seek to lead in his name. As we close the words of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Bye for now. <laughs>